Good morning, good afternoon, good night, my dears. Welcome to the Worldwide Podcast Ecuador Edition. So for this podcast, we have our friend Addison, who works with Tudors, which is pretty good because we're getting to know lots of things about Ecuador. But before introducing our guest, I just want to ask, how's Guilherme? Because this dude has been moving all lifelong, bro. He's never in one country. He's such a, such a moving Nomad. Guy. Yeah, nomad. No, he's definitely a nomad right now. Digital <laughs> nomad right now. And this guy, yeah, yeah, basically, in a way, living his best life. How are you doing, buddy? Yo, I'm I'm very happy. Chile is gorgeous, guys. I I, I moved to Santiago, the capital of Chile. Um, why? Because I just think Chile, as we actually talked in our podcast, has everything. Like it has hikes, it has volcanoes, it has waves, it has everything. So um, I decided to come here, uh, be here for a couple of months, see everything, integrate into the culture, practice my Spanish, which I think is much better now, actually, because even with international people here, you speak Spanish, <laughs> not even English. You meet a German girl, you speak English, uh, you speak Spanish. Um, so yeah, it's been amazing. And for the first time, we have all three people from the podcast in the same continent, yeah, dude. in the same continent, first time ever. So, yeah, every single one of us three in, is in South America, in different countries, of course. But I'm so ready for Ecuador. Um, I am obsessed with this country because of surfing. Guayaquil is very famous for surfing and, and also other coasts, coastal parts of the country. Um, I know some people who surf a lot in the country. So, um, yeah, I, I would love to talk a little bit about that as well later in the podcast. So, yeah, we have our guest, Eddie. How are you doing? Very good. Thank you. Thank you so much for the invitation. I'm happy to, to chat with you both today. No, of course, of course. And uh, and yeah, your career is, correct me if I'm wrong, a tour guide or, or providing tour experiences. Can you explain a little bit? Yes. Yes, correct. Well, my main job is to be a pilot, actually. That's my, my profession. Wow. Fantastic. Yeah. I basically do uh, experiential learning programs for mainly universities in other countries like United States, France, Canada, Germany. So we bring students to the country and we do uh, trainings while we do traveling around the country. So all the, all the activities we do are hiking up volcanoes, getting lost in the jungle, uh, doing ocean activities, merging in the communities, you know, all, all kind of crazy things while they do community development help. That is great, actually. That's wow. pretty great, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm sure more South American countries have that. I'm not, I, I'm not sure, but I've heard that Ecuador has a lot of um, voluntary programs for people from the outside to come into the country and help the community integrate themselves as well i know costa rica is very famous for that but costa rica is like famous for everything <laughs> like yeah. every single person <laughs> wants to go there just because it's it's like beautiful but ecuador that's sure. I, I think that's a perfect way to bring people and to bring tourism into the country because um, they get to experience the country in a budget way while at the same mm -hmm. time helping the community and helping people inside the country. So it's, it's fulfilling at the end of the day. It's not just going into the country and staying in a resort uh, and just Correct. not seeing the real Ecuador. And the real experience yeah. about yeah. the country, you know. Pretty good. You're mm -hmm. basically a hero, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> not at all. But, you know, we try to do our part. There's a lot of people that care I will stay here. And the fact that Ecuador is such a small country allows you to visit all the regions in short periods of time while not spending that much money. So I feel like that's why Ecuador is turning into be a huge destiny. Because as you said, yeah, as you travel around, you get to meet different people, culture, flora, fauna, while you help the sustainability of the country and the communities. And that's definitely great. Well, what's usually the... Um... The people's favorite activity that you usually provide does it involve like the nature of the jungle the the hiking through volcanoes the ocean what is it usually i feel like there's two answers for that the <laughs> whole world knows about galapagos galapagos definitely almost, yeah almost no one knows galapagos is in ecuador <laughs> <As crazy laughs> that is true actually as crazy as it sounds yeah 
Yeah, people Everyone think there is an the island Rockets. in Caribbean or kind of stuff. That's the first stuff, you know. Yeah, but, but we like, are, we're from know, South America. Know. We actually know, but I guess it happens with people from Europe or America. Correct, America. Europe, North America, even yeah. Asia. You know, they they know about Galapagos. So I feel like definitely Galapagos is a must, a place that is magical itself. I mean, the whole Darwin evolution. Plus, finding mm -hmm. unique species like nowhere else in the world is the number one attraction Ecuador has. But I would say, the, of course, the second huge activity that exists here is the Amazon Basin Forest. We have a big part of jungle all the way north to south in, yeah. the, in Ecuador that is very attractive for, for people to visit and get lost in nature. Mm. And um and 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 surfing, do you also provide your your people with some surfing lessons and some surfing activities? Yes, of course. <laughs> you know, in Ecuador, throughout the Pacific, we have places like Canoa, Montañita, how long that waves are crazy. And the coolest mm. part is that it's warm all year long. We don't have seasons in Ecuador, so all in right. the Pacific coast, the weather is hot all year long. Yeah, because of wow. the line. Yeah, sure. We gotta talk about it. Yeah, sure. Right. <laughs> might, might, might be crazy. Might, might be crazy. Like uh, people say that sometimes you're not expect expecting to rain, and suddenly you're just logging on the like street, and and it came. It yeah. became like yeah, a yeah. fucking storm. Not a lot of sun then. So yeah, yeah, might be crazy feelings. Really. We don't, we don't have a weather channel. We don't have a weather person. Nobody dares predict the weather here because <laughs> you can get sued if, if you ever try to do that. I think people have this perception that the closest to the Ecuador is always going to be the warmest. But Ecuador, I feel like it rains a lot. Like yeah. rains, rains a lot. It's like it could be hotter. In Portugal, than in Ecuador, and Portugal is obviously further away than the Ecuador line than Ecuador. Um, so it's um, yeah, it's a big, big thing that people think that when when you go to Ecuador, you will experience like 50 degrees. Maybe you do, but like <laughs> not like throughout the whole year, you know? Yeah, or throughout the whole period, big period of time. And all the same 50 degrees that you experience, for example, in Sevilla or to in the yeah. desert, you know, it's definitely different vibes. But still, warm as fuck. <laughs> I can imagine. Yeah. For sure, for sure. Yeah, our, our weather develops more depending on the regions. If you are in the Amazon, it's tropical weather, normally warm, a lot of rain. If you are in the highlands, it's cold, but because of the altitude. We got to remember that Quito itself, it's almost 3,000 meters high. So because of the altitude, when you are in the Andes, it's, it's going to be cold. But then if you go down to the Pacific coast, zero meters altitude, then it's warm all the time. So it depends more on the region you are in Ecuador than the equator itself. That's that's can crazy. I, I mean, yeah, uh, I guess talk... Quito is the second Logo. highest capital of the world, right? It's actually the first one because the first, in La, La, Bolivia, La, Paz. La Paz is not the official capital. The official capital oh, of right. Bolivia is Sucre. Sucre, oh, all right. So, oh, wow. it, yeah, a lot of people believe that La Paz is the capital, but it's not a, the official capital of Bolivia. So Quito is the <laughs> first uh, official <laughs> highest capital of the world. Highest, yeah, yeah. highest capital of the world. That's crazy, actually. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So, uh, and it, it, for example, here we have as well the, the farthest point from center of the earth, which is the top of Chimborazo Volcano, as well as the closest point to the atmosphere. Okay. Uh, we know like Everest, Mount Everest is tallest mountain but Chimborazo volcano already starts at 3,000 feet uh, 3,000 meters like almost 10,000 feet so making the, the farthest point from the center of the air and the closest point to the atmosphere can we yeah let's go back to the altitude because I have a question will I get drunk with two beers if I drink in keto <laughs> <laughs> like <laughs> Like I, what? I, I don't That's think with two beers, but you get drunk faster. You, yeah. you know, a simple walk is a workout. Like you walk some stairs and you're like tired and you're like, what's wrong? You know, I'm, I'm an athletic person, but the altitude is actually a thing. Cars don't, don't develop the same way and jeans in general don't develop the same way. You get drunk faster. Yes, that is also true. Mm -hmm. And you weigh less. 
as well because we are right in the equator. Yes, oh, you wow. weigh less. Your weight in the equator is lower than anywhere else in the world. That's why you can eat as many crazy, as much crazy food as you as you want. Physics is crazy. Your physics, physics, yeah, <laughs> it's crazy. It's insane. Wow. And, and also, yeah, like it, it, it sucks because when um, my team goes to plays right there in Quito, it sucks, bro. Because the, the the players they just stop learning how to play soccer. You know, it, it's horrible. <laughs> I mean, it's the worst thing in Libertadores is to get in a group stage with a team that gets his his stage in, in the altitude. Because it sucks. It sucks. Like, we, yeah, we went to play like, against Alcas right now. Alcas is one of, you know, in the middle table right there in Ecuador. And we are one of the best teams in America. We are the former champions of Libertadores. And we lost against Alcas in the fucking audience. <laughs> There's actually such, like, an advantage for, like, like sports in general for Ecuador, like uh, someone goes to play against a team in Ecuador and they have to yeah. play in Quito, like Ecuador is going to win. Like the, the endurance that you need to have in the training to be able to, to sustain yourself in such a, such a climate and such a different geography, you know, uh, because of the altitude, like you won't play nearly as well as you play back in your home country. And the, the people in, in, in Quito will just like demolish you. Even if yeah. they're like way, way worse, <laughs> even their, even if their skills are so bad, they will still overpower because of endurance. Yeah. And that is crazy to me. That's crazy. But come on, they, they will get angry yeah. because Ecuador actually qualified to the, to the last World Cup and then they actually did pretty good right there. So yeah, they're, they're increasing the, yeah, their, yeah, their yeah. soccer we, quality we, right we, there. <laughs> we, we have not done as good as Brazil and, you know, the popular teams in, in South America. But yeah, I mean, the Ecuador team did pretty good last last World Cup. It's what dumb. is interesting as well is that there is a lot of uh, high performance athletes that come to Ecuador to train. You will see people from athletism, uh, even like uh, American football or other disciplines, come into Ecuador, and you'll see them like running up the volcanoes, running up the mountains, kind of like go through training seasons here in the country. It's becoming a very popular activity as well. Oh, see, that's that's something that you could never do in Europe. Like that's that's something that I love about South America. And I wish like more countries had a little bit more tourism because even Paraguay, which is like not even that touristic, has yeah. incredible like unique landscapes that people from Europe could easily go to Paraguay and like see this huge waterfall or visit this huge rainforest and and jungle. And just experience this beautiful thing for such um, for such low price. Just I mean the plane tickets, but afterwards, it's very affordable, 100. And I'm sure in Ecuador is the same thing. Definitely a lot cheaper than Europe. <laughs> I mean, except Uruguay and Chile, because man, like these countries are expensive. Damn. Yeah. <laughs> what about Brazil? Yeah. Is Brazil expensive. Yeah. I mean. Uh... If you if you compare to Uruguay, not at all. I mean, Uruguay may, might be the most expensive country in South America, mainly because they wow. import lots of stuff to there. If you go to a Uruguayan shop, you you definitely see lots of Equatorian or Brazilian yeah, yeah, yeah. or Argentinian products. You know, they mostly Argentinian, like yeah, they, just they actually don't make crazy. don't make things because such a small country oh, wow. and also they don't have resources for doing that so that's why it's very expensive but brazil if you compare to exactly. both countries is not that expensive but it's still expensive if you go to the capitals i mean rio sao paulo sao paulo is mm. might be the most uh expensive metropolis of south america which is oh, wow. which is a very expensive city i mean even for people from rio i went there last month I'm actually having to go there every single month because of work. And mm -hmm. yeah, a hot dog I buy in Rio for 10 reais in Sao Paulo cost the double. I mean, 20. So it's pretty expensive city. Oh, wow. But, but it depends the region. So I don't know if it happens the same in Ecuador. If you go to, you know, for example, I don't live in, in a fancy zone right here in Rio. So if you go right there down the street in my place, it, you can buy cheap things. But if you go to Copacabana yeah. or to, you know, <laughs> these fancy places, you definitely kind of spend lots of money. 
So I don't know if it happens the same way there. So they charge you for the yeah. region. You don't have this, you know, exactly same price for <laughs> everywhere, everywhere so, you know. South yeah. America vibes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we, do, we do have that everywhere you go. I mean, Ecuador is generally cheap. We are, uh, our, our country survives basically in agriculture. So finding fruits and vegetables, it's actually cheap. Eating organic in Ecuador is cheaper than going to a fancy supermarket and buying good-looking, more expensive products. Yeah. You go to a little market, you get $1, $1, $1 of tomatoes, $1 of onions, $1 of bananas. and They give you like five, six, seven of each. For you to have an idea, lunch is our main meal here. So in every corner, you find what we call almuerzo, which is lunch. They give you a soup. They give you a main, as a, as a starter, they give you a main course with like some either chicken, meat, or pork chop, rice, salad, juice, and dessert. All of that for three, four dollars. You can easily uh, have all of that for three, four dollars. Now, as you said, of course, if you go to the extensive areas, you find a meal for like 20, 25 dollars with yeah it depends on the neighborhood you are as well yeah, yeah here in chile is the same but i would say also depending on the country of the food because i mean maybe it's just me but i haven't found a chilean place that cost me the same as a venezuelan place because venezuelan food here is super cheap oh my god i found a couple near my home that i can also have a, a lunch for like five euros, six euros maximum. But if I go eat at a, at a Chilean pace, uh, place, I pay like 12, 13, which is crazy. It's insane. Wow. I have no idea why. So for here, from my own experience, it's literally depending on the country of the food. <laughs> so <laughs> damn Chileans always charging more. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, like here, like fruit, for example, is just insanely expensive. And I know that Ecuador is very popular with fruit because you guys love it, uh, especially bananas. <laughs> you guys have tons of uh, different types of bananas. Yeah. So, oh my God, I wish I wish those prices were in here as well, for sure. We, we got to remember, since we don't have seasons, you have fruits and vegetables all year long. Every yeah, so you don't have to import. Yep. Every day the sun rises at 6 a.m. and the sun sets at 6 p.m. 12 hours of sunlight every day. So therefore, we have a huge agricultural production. And as I said, like, we never have that feeling. I remember when I talk with Europeans, for example, they're like, how do you eat a watermelon in the winter? There are seasons <laughs> where you can eat fruits. There are seasons where you cannot. That doesn't happen. You have fruits and vegetables, fresh, good, organic all year long. Exactly. Damn. I don't know if I'd like to live in a place where the sun sets every day at 6 p.m. I, I, I have this thing with Portugal that I love to be in the summer where the sun sets at like 9.30 at night. Because then you have like parties at the beach until so late with, with sunsets. And I don't know. The vibe is just different. I understand it because right, I was in South Africa. Be, it's, last, it's, it's a few bro i mean let's not i know long, but it's so. i know but those three months where that happens it's, yeah, it's you, the most euphoric yeah. moment ever that's yeah, why I if i could i would only live in portugal during the summer i don't care about the rest <laughs> from from june or july until september i'm in portugal then the rest of the year boom out <laughs> yeah this i mean feeling actually, it's whatever it's, i'm out it's actually real <laughs> this missing feeling <laughs> I mean, but imagine living in Iceland where actually this, the sun never sets or sometimes it's... Or, or the, or the or, night yeah, is it's, forever. Or the opposite, yeah. Yeah, so... <laughs> it, it that sounds can, crazy. It can be worse. It can be worse. I, I like have... the idea of Portugal where you party at night and there is sunlight. I like that, but come on. Having 24 hours of sunlight or 24 hours of darkness, that will be crazy. Yeah, for a month, I guess. <laughs> for a month or... A mouth and a half kind of stuff. Yeah. It's crazy. Oh, yeah. Also, something weird about that. We were just discussing prices. One last thing on this. You guys have the US dollar. That's interesting. Correct. Not even like yeah. uh, Equatorian peso or something like that. It's, it's, it's interesting. Our official currency used to be Sucre. And that was in honor to Marshall Antonio José de Sucre, who was Simon Bolivar's right hand. But at the end of 1999, we switched to dollarization. And since that moment, we've been using 
US dollars. Crazy way the way it was done. Over a million of Ecuadorians migrate because our economy collapsed. For you to have an idea, before dollarization, one dollar used to be worth 1,500 sucres. After dollarization, wow. it turned into 25,000. Wow. So crazy current. 25,000 was enough to, to pick up my girlfriend, go to the movies, buy tickets, buy food, come back. All yeah. of that ended up being $1, which was enough for, for a water, for nothing. So over a million of Ecuadorians migrate mainly to the United States and Spain, but they never forget their families behind. You know, they, they are always sending money month by month, and that's our economy. Succeed after, after that huge impact that we had. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I haven't met too many Ecuadorian people in, in Europe, actually. I don't know why. It's mostly Colombians, Chileans. Yeah, but they're, they're, they're in Madrid. I've met like the first Equatorians mm -hmm. I've met. It wasn't here in Brazil. It was actually in Madrid. They're a kind of colon of yeah. Equatorians right there. The crazy thing is that they, most of Ecuadorians you meet in Europe are people that migrate because of the legislation. Since mm -hmm. that moment, we are required to have a visa to go to Europe, which doesn't happen to, I believe, any other country in South America. Colombians can go, even if you want to go for a vacation, even if you want to land in a European airport, you must have a visa. And in order to have oh, a visa, wow. you must prove you're wealthy, you have properties, you have a good income. Not even 10% of Ecuadorians that apply for a visa in Europe get a visa for tourism. So it's very challenging for us to, to travel around. Uh, that's, yeah, that, that sucks. Your passport and doesn't like weigh too much. Yeah. yeah. Correct. Yeah. And Addison, when was it? I mean, the, the dollarization? When was it? At the end of 1999. 1999. Yeah. Right. Our president, Jahamil Mawan, was... I don't want to make this boring. <laughs> 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 oh, we love it. We love it. Basically, the president was on the news saying he's making an interesting business with a powerful group from the United States. After a week and a half, all banks closed. As we, and we knew that as the holiday of banks. Nobody could access to money. Nobody could pay. Nobody could get paid. Imagine you waking up one day, you have no access to your bank, no access to your money, no access to nothing. That's how we realized we were switching to dollars. Wow. I also heard, yeah, people don't have bank accounts now or too many bank accounts now because I think it's easier just to get a digital wallet, I would say, because US dollar, you can just do that more easily, maybe. But, but yeah, I also heard Correct. that. And as, as hard as it was at the moment, as I said, over a million of Ecuadorians migrate. Well, nowadays, somehow we are being supported or held by one of the most powerful currencies of the, of the world, you know, somehow. Yeah, yeah. We have that financial backup, but the crazy thing is that we cannot print our own money. That is why you never find change in Ecuador. Nobody has changed because buying a quarter, we have to buy that quarter to the United States. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so it's easier just to pay with um, with a card, with a debit card or with something. Yeah, how yeah. is and how is the acceptance right there with credit cards? Uh, everybody, if you go to a shop like the small shop of your neighbor. They do accept credit cards. How is it? No, no, yeah. Every most of the places cash. If you can oh. pay with credit card in like fancier restaurants, supermarkets, hotels, but if you are like traveling around, for example, at the Pacific Coast where all the surfers and you know the hippie vibe and the little cabanas, <laughs> nobody accepts credit cards there. And nobody no, has changed, no. so you have to got your account in mind. It's always a tip. It's always a tip. Yeah. <laughs> oh. uh. Now switching a little bit, like there's an interesting thing in Ecuador that I was also talking a little bit with with Carlos. Um, that like from last year, the country has had a bit of a change in terms of safety and criminality and all these things. Because he told me like. This doesn't even happen in South Africa. And it's one of the most dangerous countries in the world that people go into um, buses and they rob people inside the public buses and yeah. also in restaurants and also like everywhere. Why? Why is this happening? Or like, or, 
Mm-hmm. One of the reasons. You know, uh, well, the main reason we know about is uh, Ecuador is the peer that exports a bunch of drugs out there to the world. Now, Ecuador is not a producer, but all the cartels that are around move the drug through Ecuador, get to the Pacific, and from there is exported to the world. Now, before last year, there was one, we can call it like main band, called Los Choneros, who were the owners of all the transportation in Ecuador. The leader of Los Choneros got murdered. So what happened since last year is the four new, we can call it that way, the four people that were left behind are fighting to see who is the new leader. And all of them have created their own little groups, you know, that are basically trying to take control of the, of the drug uh, roads in Ecuador. So that, I feel like that has been the main issue that has happened, of course, then having a lot of uh, migration, having a lot of lack of opportunities. Ecuador don't really have that much stable jobs. 48% of our working force are self-employees and 20% out of that basically have informal jobs, which means you take a pot, put it on the streets and start selling food, or you go and buy things on the streets and you start selling things on the streets. So job opportunities don't really exist. Uh, and I feel like that is also another thing that is attacking this country a lot. Mm-hmm. But the organized crime is, is, is interesting because it's, again, it's more about gangs than actually just petty crimes, I would, I'm, 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 I'm guessing. So it's more like, oh, okay, I need to, in order to enter this gang or in order to s- people make me seen, I need to commit this or I need to make a stand. And this is like entering a bus and robbing people or going to a restaurant and gunning. And, and that's the way they control, they, they control neighborhoods. You know, they know this is my neighborhood. I'm in charge of this. So the first thing they have to do is make people afraid. Where basically you, you have a lot of extortion. You know, they arrive to your place and they say, hey, if you don't want me to rob you, you have to pay this much, this amount of money every month. So that, that has been turning into, into a big problem. Of course, unfortunately, the government is not really taking care of it. Our police, army are trying to do the best they can. But I feel like we need to change a lot of in the laws. A lot of, uh, I feel like somehow the human rights are a lot focused in what's happening to the criminals and not to the people that are trying to make their day-by-day life. Mm. I feel like it, it, it needs a lot of laws changing as well. Yes, p- putting more uh, laws more strict Right, yeah, a little bit, and maybe right. forming new ones that protect the individual from uh, from gang activity. Activity, let's call it that. It's interesting. Yeah. Correct. So something that happened in Colombia, for example, they did the ghost judges, where the cartel members that are going to trial didn't knew who the judge was. Because picture yourself, you have an excellent career, you work for your country. You want to do things right. You want to save your country. And the next morning, you are, you, you are in trial with the leader of a huge drug-dealing organization that has been supported by Mexican cartels, Colombian cartels. Next day, you have to sentence that person for 20, 30, 50, 35 years of jail. Next morning, you have a phone call telling you, you know, your, your wife lives here, here, here. You have two sisters, one brother. Your, your daughter is going to the school and you have pictures of her. I mean, I don't know, but no matter how much you want to do good for your country, the moment that something like that happens, you're not going to give a shit about anything. So what Colombia did was good. They have ghost uh, judges, cartel members didn't know who was the judge. And that was one of the big changes that, that they did. But as I said, all of this has governmental decisions to, to go through. That is very interesting. Yeah. I had, when I was traveling in um, Uruguay, I met a few people from Venezuela um, and, uh, and we were discussing like the Central America and also like the big problems and why it's so dangerous to be in Nicaragua, Honduras and El Salvador because a lot of it, it's um, the laws are not strict enough to protect the individuals. So the individuals take up to themselves to be the laws so they become vigilantes 
but then what it happens is a little bit of anarchy and then there's no control so one 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 group of people may think that this is the right way to govern a place and then you have the opposite from another group and then it clashes different. Be becomes like yeah a conflict so it's interesting to have that to see that but also ways to improve it and ways to overpass it um with a government this is what tool. south america is all about i mean every country you go right here it happens the same right here in brazil is not different you also have what we call milicianos which is the same the pretty pretty much the same so they just took control of one neighborhood and they're kind of the owners of this neighborhood and mm -hmm. they run the place they charge people from from this place and which is the saddest is that in the, those areas it's actually the poor areas so people actually don't have money for buying shit and they have to buy for more expensive than the normal market for those guys that owns the places so that's a very uh, i mean gear you're really fresh right here in south america now yeah. you start to and understand Chile, how so... things yeah yeah you're in chile which is a great country so... you're do, doing very great right yeah. there i mean it, and it's it has... interesting what you're saying Mm? Sorry. No, just go, go, go. I mean, just, just, uh, just uh, finally, the, the tough. I'm just saying that the Chile is one of the best countries, you know, in South America. I mean, this area, but still, if you go to poverty areas right there, you're going to find yeah, of something. Of course, of like course, this, you're going to see really different yeah. things. Yeah. For sure. For Correct. sure. And that, and that is exactly, you're very right on that. What they do is they focus in poor areas. So they arrive, they take all these teenagers that have no chance to go to school, take all these young adults that have no job opportunities, and they offer them money to be part of them, you know? So when you have no jobs, when you have no studies, you have no education, you have no chances, no opportunities, somebody comes and offers you three, four, or five times, but you can make a basic salary or selling candies on the streets or selling phones on the streets. Of course, it sounds tempting. And on top of that, if... You have that much power as, you know, cartels have, not just in Ecuador, but in, in all the countries that are exactly going through all these drug dealing processes. They have money, they have guns, they, they, they are even, as I said, scaring judges, scaring the law. So it's a good business for all these, unfortunately, poor people that have no other way or see no other way to make their life. Yeah. Also, it's... It happens in a different way in South Africa where crime is is very big, but it's more with petty crime. So it's like an individual that robs like a white person, let's call it that, or black person, even black people. Black people rob black people in South Africa. But the thing is that it's the thought that, okay, I could work eight hours a day, 40 hours a week for a month and still not make enough money to pay my rent and to pay my bills and to eat. Or I can rob this person that probably has way more money than me and will be okay and I have enough money for two months. What will it be? Right. You know? Yeah. So again, it goes of obviously with lack of opportunity, infrastructure, a lot of that things. But it also comes with this um, difference, um, especially in South, in South Africa, difference of income between two groups, uh, the whites and the blacks mostly. Uh, it's, it's much better now uh, than it was obviously years before. But um, but yeah, it's it's as well a little bit in that. But uh, but this cartel talk, I could talk this like uh, for three hours. It's so fascinating to me um, how countries in South America do this a lot and how the crime goes mainly through organized um, crime for cartels and everything. But uh, let's talk but, yeah. about good stuff. <laughs> yes, <laughs> let's talk oh, actually <laughs> now. Yeah. What has been your craziest, craziest experience while touring around Ecuador? Like some sighting that you saw that were like, oh, shit. And your oh. your, your uh, people were also like, I will never forget this. What was it? One of the craziest, the scariest things was we saw a volcano kind of exploding. Yes. we. I remember well, one of my friends, his name is Steve. And he's a photographer. And I was doing a tour around uh, Baños, Baños de Agua Santa. Is a population, like a very small town, less than 50,000 people that are right under the, one of the most active volcanoes of the country. And we were hiking the mountain in front of it. 
and all of a sudden we hear the alarm, we start feel sirens? you know the earth moving yes sirens alarm and then we see some of the ash coming out and then some lava like coming out and we were like oh like freaking out but at the same moment being like this is so fucking cool and of course my friend photographer was having so much fun in that moment it doesn't matter if i die i'm gonna get the best picture ever let's go <laughs> <laughs> wow So you actually yeah, saw you know, in front of you a, a live lava right there? Oh, Jesus. Yes, I was in the mountain in front of that. Oh, And right, luckily, right. as I said, it was kind of like a minor, you know, like mm -hmm. burst into the Yeah. But yeah, the lava came out, luckily went down the river. So it didn't affect could, the Could you feel how warm was it? Even if you were far from it or? Not really, or... not really. We just saw this red light coming out. Crazy. That's one of the craziest. Jesus things Christ. Seen. It reminds me that yeah, video that, we've commented talk. about Kyrgyzstan. Do you remember? Yeah, 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 yeah. About the, the dude just seeing yeah. like an avalanche, an avalanche. going yeah. towards it. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine if there was a video of that, Eddie. Imagine. Ooh. Famous on YouTube. He, he would get viral. Definitely yeah. Viral. Definitely. More people would come to Ecuador because of that. Just <laughs> <laughs> to see that. <laughs> you would go on Oprah, you would go on Ellen. I don't know if that's still a thing, but you would go on every talk show and you would talk about yeah. the experience, how I almost died yeah. during a tour in Ecuador. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. Yeah. No, amazing. Um, we can actually wait. What time is it? Oh, okay. We got, we got some. Yeah, we got time, we got time. So I wanted to discuss a little bit on the wildlife because I know that Ecuador is very famous on like very different species, not only in the Galapagos Islands, but also like around the country. I'm sure like Guayaquil, since it's closer to the, to the Pacific, has different seals and different animals that probably Quito mm -hmm. doesn't have. Uh, and even birds, like I, I've, I've also heard that it's a bird paradise for anyone who loves birds. Ecuador. Correct. Yeah. What animals? Fauna... No, go, 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 go on. Yeah, the flora and fauna we had here is huge. Um, the the one that we know is already huge. And uh, why it's so popular, as I said, is because it has the biggest biodiversity per meter square that you can find around, and it's a small country. Mm -hmm. And uh, you have, as you were saying, if you are into bird watching, you find some unique species uh, here in the, in the Amazon, as well as in the highlands. Uh, but then the jungle life is as well very crazy because we have, for example, in the northern part, Cuyaveno, which is a drone forest. And as you start getting in the boat, you go up to five hours deep in the forest where your lodge is going to be out. And only there you have eight different kinds of ecosystems. Each mm -hmm. ecosystem holds total different kind of species. So, you know, it's like a very good niche for biology of, of all kinds of species you can, you can have. Not just in Galapagos, but for example, in, in Cuyabeno, we have the pink dolphin. Pink, wait, 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 wait. Pink dolphins? Go back. <laughs> wait, have, yeah, that's yeah. actually real? Pink dolphins? Yes, we have What? the pink dolphins and they are uh, freshwater dolphins. The only kind of freshwater dolphin that exists. Freshwater on rivers? That's crazy. Yeah, that's, I had one no river in, yeah, on River Cuyabeno and it's so cool because you go there and you see a pink dolphin right there. <laughs> It looks like something from Minecraft. Like, <laughs> like it's, it's right. crazy. <laughs> Pink dolphin. That's that's a crazy yeah. attraction, actually. I've never... Yeah. Pink dolphins. Mm -hmm. And, and, and that is just one of the species that, that we know about. Uh, last week, for example, it was found a new ancient coral species in Galapagos. We have the only swimming iguanas of the world. Just... Crazy kind of reptiles, frogs, snakes, all kind of things. You know? One of my best experiences while surfing was when I surfed 
with dolphins beside me. This was in uh in 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 the south of Portugal in the coast. Beautiful. I'll never yeah. forget that. Now imagine if I did that with pink dolphins. I I would never shut up about it. Wow. I would every <laughs> person I would meet, I would say, "Hey, I served with pink dolphins beside me." I would never shut it's up about this. Really, I got to go. Surf trip frequently. Very normal as well <laughs> in in the north of Brazil and in Amazonia actually you can find lots of those. And they're from they're from Sweetwater, right? Right from rivers and kind of stuff. Yeah, they're not from saltwater. Yeah. Uh, yeah, definitely. I'll just find like a rapid and just like surf a little bit. I don't know. I'll find a way. I'll surf with pink dolphins. <laughs> <laughs> They're very wow. cute. They're very cute. Oh my god, man! Yeah. I gotta do that surf trip for Ecuador. It's actually really on my bucket list. Even when I was talking about what countries to travel around here, besides obviously you know visiting the um, the salt pans in Bolivia, some places here in Chile, Mendoza in Argentina, like places a little bit further away. I was always thinking of either Ecuador or Suriname, both because of the jungles and the wildlife that those countries have. It's so fascinating mm -hmm. to me. And it's one of my yeah. most interesting things here in South America. It's literally like the jungles and the unique wildlife that these places have. So yeah, it's, it's really, I, I will have you walk yeah. and hike <laughs> with me to that same volcano. Maybe we'll have the same work. <laughs> or or yeah. bad like depending on what the, the eruption is. <laughs> and with Addison, you're safe. You're safe yeah. because it takes care. Yeah. Of you. <laughs> I don't know how much I can do with a volcanic eruption, but I'll try. <laughs> <laughs> but the things you can predict, you're very good at it. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. Well, last time that volcano erupted was not far ago, like 2016. Mm. Okay. Is it is it the Cotopaxi? Did I pronounce that, that right? I, I heard that's like you a very beautiful. Right. Yeah. Was it that mm, one yeah, or was it another, another one? one. Ah, I mm, okay, okay, okay. But is that is one throwing us nowadays? Ah, okay. That one people say it's, it it looks a lot like Fu Fugi. Um, what's the Jap Japanese uh, okay. volcano? The, because it's very close to the city. It's like you can almost sightsee the volcano through the city just like yeah. japan so yeah yeah is that it looks is, you know when when you picture what the volcano looks like it, it's kind yeah. of like the cotopaxi is is the perfect picture for a volcano it has the snow it's huge massive you can see it from the from the city uh is the second highest volcano of the world after chimborazo mm. and wow. you know for to hike up these volcanoes you have to take a full night because you basically go to the refuge in the afternoon and then yeah. you rest or sleep and just start hiking at 11 p.m. Hike up all night long. You arrive at the sunrise at 5.30, yeah. 6 a.m. You witness, I, I mean, in my personal opinion, one of my favorite spectacles of my life, the view from the top of that volcano on the sunrise. Very beautiful. Ah, you're making me want to come to Ecuador now. Damn. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, in that God. moment, it's just you on the top of the world, literally the top of the world. Yeah, the lights. Everything around you, above the cloud. Just amazing. For sure. And Edison, how is the feeling? I mean, the opposite feeling. You're used to, you know, being in these such a highest capitals and cities. How's the feeling when you go to a, to a place where is the level of sea? How's the feeling of a normal, you know, <laughs> Uh, normal place. Uh, I fly. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> I mean, it's it's nice, you know. You don't really have a, a like a antagonism of altitude feeling. Yeah. You just feel so much yeah. air. I mean, and that is that is the idea that we have from the coast. When when we are from the highlands here in Ecuador, people from Quito, from Ambato, from Cuenca, anyone that lives in the highlands. When we go to the Ecuadorian coastal region, that is the vacation place when, you know, it's full of oxygen, sunny, hot, nice. You lay down on the beach, grab a beer, smoke a cigarette, you drink <laughs> a bunch of beer, and we say we never get drunk. Not getting drunk. <laughs> All right. Not getting drunk. <laughs> That's beautiful. There's a place called Montañita. Montañita is, is the same. Hippie vibe, a lot of surfing, a lot of international surfing contests happen there. Mm -hmm. 
but there is the is the place that never sleeps you go all day long there is clubs there is party people drinking having fun surfing the same people you see at 10 a.m around there at 2 p.m at 6 p.m 10 p.m next they're morning you there. see them they're still there same clothes same <laughs> outfit getting drunk what the person is going around saying happy brownie same happy brownie, bottle happy brownie, of happy beer <laughs> wow <laughs> amazing and what is the national beer there in ecuador we have pilsener pilsener okay pilsener is our national beer we call her la rubia la rubia, rubia. all right all right the blonde one yeah <laughs> oh that's amazing well yeah and this is one of those big stereotypes that people have like mostly with south america but also with some of these like let's call it dangerous countries that people may be a little bit afraid is that there's not these types of environments as you as as you explained just now like this partying this community feeling yeah. feeling these um these happy vibes and um and i'm happy mm -hmm. you came here to kind of demonstrate and explain that a little bit that no yep. ecuador we've got this beautiful thing that you can experience by yourself if you just come here with an open mindness and uh Her. just are willing to to be with the people from the country with internationals as well and um integrate and have fun yeah yeah as ecuadorians we're taking care of a lot of tourism because it's one of the big uh, sources we have of income uh, the people are very organized as foreigners you feel like people are taking care of you as any other country as any other you know big city or big touristic place you gotta be aware of your surroundings you gotta know mm -hmm. where you go who you hang out with what do you do i mean i i, I got robbed I, i almost got robbed once in new york you know we, <laughs> i will feel like it could never happen especially yeah, coming yeah. from south america but <laughs> yeah. you know yeah. you gotta be aware you don't, you don't have to be worried as long as you know you take the good care good recommendations sure. and you are aware of just don't don't have to show off your things you know like show off your phone yeah. show off your lots of you know uh, rings or uh, necklace you might have you know expensive stuff yeah. just just don't show off guys just take it just enjoy yeah. the place enjoy the vibe but don't show off this is not very valuable as well when you travel to to you know get to meet locals get to meet people yeah. from the country yeah that's something i really love doing when i travel around like the moment that you see locals they're gonna be helpful and tell you you know don't go to this place do these things like they just say this is not so i feel like open communication and being uh, willing to to merge into the culture of the country is always useful as well mm -hmm. 100 yeah that's one of the things i always tell people to just try to learn a few expressions of the language of the country and always be obviously like cliche as it sounds open-minded just to meet the actual people from the country the locals because they will be very interested to know your story and, and why you gone. came to the place and uh in your own country even i had th that experience just like this week so many times of like chilians that i met Yeah. Uh, here they were like oh from portugal what what are you doing here why chile blah 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 things about portugal europe so it's there's always something to talk about so don't be afraid just try it out and and then you'll actually meet uh people and know places that probably other foreigners won't know because yeah, and it's, it's going to open thing. lots of doors as well i mean if you're alone yeah. in the country and, and more you like you came straight from europe right there first country in south america you don't know anyone right there so talking with natives you know trying to show a bit of your culture trying to get into the culture the local culture you go is going to open lots of doors and people yeah. start to help you if things that you might you know bureaucracy that you might have right there mm -hmm. so yeah 100 100%. 100%. Yeah, we can uh, do the final question now. Yeah, we're ready. What is so, now? Edison, we end this podcast with uh, the same question every single episode. And, Guilherme, feel free to do the question. 100%. Be scared. Be scared. Don't be nah. scared. Don't be scared. Nah, no, Eddie. He's, just, he's just joking. If I were to tell you what is the thing that makes you the most proud about being from Ecuador, what would you say? Oh, what is the people. thing? 
Okay. Yeah, Ecuadorians are caring, are welcoming, are Ecuadorians will stop doing what they're doing to help you. And wow. to you know, they will welcome you, they will take care of you, they will warn you on the things you do, you don't. So our people, I feel like we're very caring people. I'm very proud of Ecuadorians that way. That's a nice answer, very straight one. Sometimes people, you know, yeah. think for hours to answer this question, and uh, that's pretty yeah. good. We could, we could, we could feel the vibe on you. I mean, how how amazing person you are during the podcast. We could feel the vibes. So I wouldn't expect a different answer for for this question. So wow, thank you so much, and we appreciate it all. Thank you very much. I hope you both come to Ecuador. Everyone that gets to see this, hear the podcast. If you pass through Ecuador, let me know. I'll be happy to give you a good suggestion. Oh, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. I I will even think about it for July or June. That would be an right. amazing time to go for sure. Very excited. I'll be happy to welcome you here. <laughs> for sure. In the opposite, the uh, same, Adson. If you want to come to Brazil, doors are open right here in Rio. Lots of places to show right here. All right. All right. That's excellent. Thank you very much. Yeah. And likewise in, in Chile. I even told Carlos, yo, you got to come to Santiago now that I'm here. I actually yeah. I haven't met any Ecuadorian people here. So for sure, I want to bring a little bit of that culture here a bit. So... <laughs> All right, all always, right. Always, always, That'll always, be great. <laughs> and yeah, to our listeners, thank you so much for reaching the end. Uh, be sure to follow us at on our Instagram pages and Facebook pages at podcast WWP. And be sure to not only listen, but view our episode on YouTube. Just search Worldwide Podcast or Podcast WWP. And even on Spotify, you can view the, the episode with video, not only yep. audio. So definitely see us there as well. And thank you so much for watching and listening. And see you guys next episode. Bye-bye. Bye-bye, my dears. Take it easy. Ooh.